Rockies at long last ASAP, which was released on May 26, 2015. Now, this has a whole bunch of features like Future, Cool Boy Q, Kanye West, Lil Wayne, and more. It also has some production by Rocky himself and Danger Mouse and a whole bunch of other people as well. Uh, Gentlemen, how do we feel about this episode, uh, about this uh, uh, album? Uh, and please introduce yourselves before you tell us. Torian, I'm go. go. I'm going to go first. Hey, everybody, it's Torian B. First Class Reg couldn't make it today. But if you've been a listener since day one, you know that Funny Julius used to kick off the show. So now that we got that lovely voice out of the way, what an amazing introduction, Julius. Thank you very much, sir. I want to talk about this. I love this album. I wrote an album review for it, um, and I gave it four and a half out of five waffles. You can check it on the FK on, on fkbonline.com uh, when I was trying to become, you know, the, the greatest writer of all time. <laughs> uh, but I just think that this album was amazing. And if many of you know, this was the last project that Yams worked on um, with Rocky like closely like they made it they, there was a cozy tapes album but he didn't finish it so it wasn't completely done but at, at long last asap was the album that he last saw all the way through to the end and rocky finished it and then they had like a a, a dream team of artists that they wanted to work with and i think i think they got a major they said they got about 80 percent of the people that they had on their wish list to work okay. on this project and this project it was um a blend of what we recognized from Rocky on his first album and on the mixtape. And then also like him veering off into other, like him growing as an artist, because we all know that he was spending a lot of time in London and, you know, he was traveling the world. So I thought that this project was a really good project for Rocky. And I thought it was a really good um, introduction into him growing, even like his fashion being becoming more eccentric. And, and basically like this was, a time when Rocky basically uh, said that he was experimenting with a lot of drugs as well. So he was able to expand his mind musically. So it only made me think about that period when the Beatles first um, mm -hmm. started using LSD and experimenting with drugs. Obviously, please listeners, do not think that I'm comparing this album to a classic Beatles album, but in the hip hop realm, I would say that this is what this is the experience like how i can close explain to you what is similar because that's what mm -hmm. rocky did my like mind you the the album cover is really trippy you know mm -hmm. it's him merged together with yams because he says that they are one you know he, you know he knows yams vision very well so i i really enjoyed this album and i think we're is this whole episode is going to be a love fest i think robbie digital introduce yourself and how do you feel about this album you already know what it is it's robbie digital um 
I love this album. Um, it's incredible. It's well put together. Um, this was one of the first albums that actually got me into podcasting. Um, Whoa. This album, when it dropped in 2016, you said? 2016, I believe this album? 2016, 2016? 2015. 2015. Yes. So um, I remember hearing uh, Rocky on, on DJ Clue's uh, show and Clue was talking about, yo, like, Pretty Boy Flacco Jody, like, <laughs> it's incredible. And Rocky was like, I dropped that in January. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know if niggas are doing their due diligence, but yeah, like, the song had, we had got Pretty Boy, Flo, Pretty Boy Flacco Jody early on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we got LSD. But the song that kicked it off for me where I was like, these kids are transcending music was um was the track with Ron Stewart. Mm -hmm. I, I think uh I think that song him Ron Stewart and Miguel I think that song is extremely underrated. Um I think people didn't really recognize the artistic range that ASAP Mob was trying to really push music, especially with him and Ferg's al first albums being so gutter where their second albums were more acoustic, more experimental, more money, more budget, that he really got to do a lot of what he wanted on this album. Um, as well as there's a lot of controversy with this album as well. Um, you know, he talked about- uh, Yo, Shorty yeah. From London. Forgot Shorty's from London's name. Um, uh, the Rock Nation artist, what is that girl's name? Sorry, what's Shorty's name? Rita Ora. Rita Ora. So that was a big deal in this album because of the line about Rita Ora, as well as she um, told everybody Black she, Lives Matter line. She told everybody Black Lives Matter line. Well, that was late. That was mm -hmm. later down the line, but uh, she Rita Ora pretty much was bragging that ASAP Rocky let her suck his dick, and he had he was dating the model Chanel Iman at the time. So like the 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 time frame was kind of shaky for him. So you know he felt like, yo, I got a girl. You out here telling people this shit, and my girl is kind of putting the dates together, and you know it, it caused him some issues. So that's why he was upset. And um, apparently, Rita Ora, you know, she's a gorgeous girl. We all think she's beautiful, but um, I guess in the industry, she's kind of a pass around. Um, don't I, I don't know that hundred percent sure, but that's kind of what I grasp. She's kind of like the the London version of Christina Milian. Okay, so, uh, Rob, wait, uh, wait, you done? One, not yet. Um, okay. I think it's also a very emotional album, too, because Rocky's sister passed away when this album came out. Um, Erica? Erica's still alive. It was one of his sisters passed away. I know he had a death in the family when this album dropped, because he didn't do too... It wasn't Yams. It was after Yams. This was after Yams. It wasn't his sister because Erica is very much alive. Um, we can always do our fact check, but I remember okay. it was very, um, it was it was a big deal when this album came out that he had a death in the family, and that's why um there wasn't too much tour or interview about this album. He did perform it at the Grammys, though. He did the he did perform um you know every day with with Ron Stewart and Miguel, but. I love this album. I still go back to this album. I think this is Apex rapping. Um, 
ASAP Rocky, I think this is okay. um, some of the best features we've seen from him. So yeah, mm -hmm. I love this album. And I am Julius Stukes Jr. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Torian. All right, so it was not ASAP Rocky's sister. It, it was um, China Rogers, who was a model, and she died of an accident to overdose. She was very close with ASAP Rocky, Kalani, and Little Debbie. Okay, that's what it was. So she wasn't, yeah. Rocky only has one sister, and her name is Erica. Shout out to Erica. Okay. That's why I was. Shout out to Erica. I apologize, Erica. But, but I remember. Yes, I guess. I guess. Deal. I guess you could make that mistake because Rocky said that she was like a sister. That's why I always thought it was an actual biological sister. But I remember, like, I declare that up because I'm like, ease a lot. <laughs> My fault. Um, I just felt like, in the midst of their success, the ASAP team has a lot of um, a lot of misfortune. Um, and I think that sometimes, not only them, but I, I was saying like some of the artists in TDE as well, like, cause they, they're such a tight knit unit. Like when they suffer loss, they don't really get the time to heal as most people do, because somehow it's always around the time that they're running around doing album promotions and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's all, I think that's all musicians, especially in um, the hip hop industry. Um, in the eighties, it was, uh, a lot of the rock bands because a lot of people were ODing on committing suicide, mm -hmm. and then and hip hop becoming the more prominent um, um, sound in music um, and and more popular in us having more more and more artists, um, more and more life is happening, especially with streaming. So many people can become famous. Um, I think that's what's been happening, and I think that drug addiction and depression kind of like surrounds Rocky. Um, from his friends to you know his, people that he uh, comes past and, and on this album I think it gets touched on a lot um, if you listen to some of the lyrics I just think that you can make you can make the mistake that like a lot of those those things don't affect Rocky because you know when you see him he's such a confident upbeat person but I'm pretty sure that like when he's you know in, at home or with like uh trusted people like you know he's going through it because there are a lot of people that he grew up with in the industry from when he first started till now that aren't here anymore that he was close with mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely i think just overall direction and everything um i'm just trying to process that and go through it but i think in the midst of that this album still is um some of the best work we've ever got from him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I am Julius Stoops Jr. <clears throat> Love this album. As uh, I remember the first time listening to this album, and I told myself, "Wow, this is his best project." Um, you know, uh, uh, he's getting better. I love it. I love it. He uh, went away from the trill sound, and he came back to the experimental sound on on this album. This album was so good. I mean, you got the jiggy, jiggy, jiggy. Uh, 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 um, Sound, the jiggy lyrics like that's literally all him i think this uh, album defines asap rocky um <clears throat> i want to say uh the, the 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 visuals from this 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 album was just so it was beautiful it was like uh, uh eating a nice steak and sipping merlot that's how beautiful that huh cabernet uh, you, you, listen, hey, we all have our choices. No, okay. no, I'm, I'm telling you. Okay, well, okay, Cabernet. Okay, I like Merlot. 
Okay, sorry, my bad. It's like sip, it's like eating steak and, and sipping fine wine. How about that? Is that better? Yeah, it's better. I, I'm I'm just telling you, you for the for the texture of steak that you want to have a nice glass of Cabernet, not not a glass of Merlot. Merlot is very sweet. Well, I I season my steak uh, different. I guess I don't know. Hey yo. Okay. Um. I I just love this album. Like wow, wow. And I I want to say maybe there's two skips here. Maybe there's three skips for me. Don't know, but. Yeah, I'm ready to get into this album. Are y'all? Let's go. Let's go. And we will start with the intro track, Holy Ghost, featuring Joe Fox, Fox, produced by Danger Mouse and DJ Khalil. What an intro. What an intro. Oh, so let's talk about Joe Fox. Joe Fox yeah, please. in London was a homeless man that Rocky met, and he was a musician. So when they were out recording the album in London, um, and his and his cousin ASAP Nas, who kind of like made London his second home, he got really he got really cool with with the 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 click out there. Like he kind of felt that home. If, if you look at ASAP Nas, he kind of looks like <laughs> he's from he London. Like a, yeah, he looks like a like a London, like a London the road man. Yeah, road man. So uh, they met this this gentleman, and he was a musician. And at first, like they were just chopping it up with him. And he was like, yo, this is a cool dude. And then they came with him in the studio and he they put him on the album. And like Rocky like gave him like all of his credits and everything like that. So he can wow. make a living. And now wow. like he's like he's he's living very well in London. So that's that's one thing. Um I that you know, some people might not if you like I because I wrote an album before this album, I did like a lot of research. So I know a lot of people might have things to say about Rocky, but um, he does like do like nice gestures for people. I just think that he just looks at it in the realm of what he's doing opposed to like the everybody. You know how some people say, I gotta do shit for the entire black community. Well, Rocky's like, I'm just, I just do things for people. And so I think that could be mistaken, but that's a whole nother deep dive. I can see Rob's face, but I'm just saying like he, you know, he is, he, he is not just- No, I think, some asshole. I agree. No, I agree. I think Rocky, when you come, I, I think, and this goes into um, into Holy Ghost. When you when you have when you come from where we come from, I think the sometimes when when you become famous, the whole diaspora of the black community being on your shoulders is a lot, especially when you didn't ask for it, and especially when you feel like you and your team has been completely alienated from society when y'all was really trying to create and be yourself and express yourself. Um, so I can't knock him for feeling that way. I can't knock the ASAP members for always having those feelings of feeling like they're by themselves. We hear the stories about them all the time of like really being elite um, group of individuals with, with unique sounds from, you know, dressing and everything and people calling them gay and what they wear and it was weird and niggas didn't understand it. And then you fast forward to 2015, everyone's dressing like ASAP Rocky. Everyone's wearing Hood by Air. Everyone's wearing, um, you know, all of this uh, gothic, black gothic outfits and shit like that. So they have influence. And his style changed as well. Like you can see the style in this album a lot, but Holy Ghost is a really good song. Um, it's funny because 
you also think of samples most times as being like really old ass sample, but this sample actually comes from uh, Noon as Dark by, by uh, as, wait, Noon as Dark as Midnight by LaCroix the band in uh, 2005. So like, it's crazy that um, as we reach into the 2020s, 2015s, and even to 2021, you start seeing people sample songs from 2005, 2003, you know what I mean? Like it's so abstract as a thought because you don't think of it as that long period of time, but music has that way of being uh, have, being transcended. So definitely good use of the sample. And I think the intro is really fire. Um, who's the sample by? Uh, I have the sample by As Noon As Dark, As Midnight yep. by LaCroix, the band. All right. So, um. Nice intro track. Uh, I fuck with it. Uh, shout out to Joe Fox for that um, opportunity. We're going to head to the second track. We're going to put Canal Street on Sand featuring Bones, produced by Hector Delgado, Franz Mernick, and ASAP Rocky. How do we feel about Canal Street? I love Canal Street. Um, again, this album is kind of like Rocky's. Uh, time period spent overseas across the pond and then this was like his first time out of the united states oh so, okay i think this is why like album has such an impact was because of that so with with him being able to like take in that city so much and you would think about it most times when new yorkers like get money and they travel like they go like they go and like they bask in life in like California, or like they go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And like London is pretty much just like just New York City with British accents. Mm-hmm. So he went over there, but he but I think it was just like the the vibe and the fashion that really like brought him in. And I think that's why like he he took to that city so so much. Like, you know, so I I just um listening to this track and then make making the track naming it Canal Street. Which is the popular street in London as well, is you know pretty cool, pretty dope. Oh, I always thought um, it was like oh. a reference for New York. I always thought. Kind of town. Nah, 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 nah. Like yeah. this, I, like so. It's funny because his first album is pretty much like, uh, uh, pretty much the the like a, a New York album for that time period. Whereas like this album is kind of like a worldly album. It's kind of similar to like how. After Kendrick made Good Kid, Mad City, which was about South Central LA, then Kendrick made it out. He went to Africa, and like his experience, his his trip to Africa, the impact was so big on him. That's why he made that album. So I, I like the fact that uh, those two artists, who I kind of feel like a linear, even though Ken, Kendrick like superpassed Rocky, like that they made projects based on that, or like on on other cities that they. I get, I get what you're saying. That they fell in love with. Yeah, it was the world. Uh, it's just you know international influence. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I get what you're saying. Um, I this uh, in my notes I put nice and jiggy with it. You know we're going to get a lot of the jiggy records, and uh, you can't get wrong with a jiggy. You can't go wrong with a jiggy record. Like come on. Yeah. And Danny just joined us, guys. What's up, Danny? Danny, Danny, we what's are good? on. What's good, gentlemen? Good. We are on Canal Street. How do you feel about ASAP Rocky's Canal Street? Um, I love Canal Street. Uh, I happen to know, like what Torian said, I knew it was a reference to London. Uh, at first, I thought it was a whole thing with him more getting into fashion. 
and uh, making comments on uh, people knocking off his style um, and knocking Ooh, off what ASAP had become at this time. And that's to me, as a, you know, from the fashion mind that he is, Canal, I don't know if it's that way over there, but Canal in New York is where people go to get knockoffs. It's where they go to get, you know, all the fake shit. Um, so I always took that, this song as him being like, I see everybody copying my shit. Cause at the time I felt like everybody wanted to look like ASAP, sound like ASAP and just, they had that energy at the time, man. It was uh, the only thing I can compare it is to like when Dipset first came out, how New York felt. So mm. I kind of felt a lot of people were just trying to bite off. And this, that was his acknowledgement, but uh, as learning, you know, at, later on that he had been more traveling uh, through this time period and, um, you know, just living life and also finding his way uh, after, you know, Gams had passed uh, during the middle of recording this. Um, I think for me, it was just like a lot of the things that he was really talking about in this in this song, like um, you you so once could give a couldn't give a shit or give a fuck about him. Hit Canal Street for vintage gold medallions, smoking blunts in front of public house and wilding. Now they throw him in them cuffs, mouth full of fronts like Master P and my Cartier diamond shiner in the frame. Like he was just really like this this like. Like him talking about those transitions and how you have these ghetto hoop dream fantasies, but actually getting to live them out in real time. I think that is um, very interesting. I think as kids, you know what I mean? We, when we go to like, you know, Soho, and I still think sometimes we kind of do it aimlessly. Like we know a lot of brands, but we never know if we'll be able to buy those brands. You know what I mean? Or just do the things that we actually do and, in this song, he kind of talks about that. Like, so I, I love the song a lot. Like, I've never looked at it the way Danny just said, but I could see that as well. Um, I know in an interview, he did mention that the song um, brings him back to Canal Street in New York because he bought two chains from Canal Street, which is where popular jewelry is, um, which a lot of the young up and coming racklers go to popular jewelry to get like their fronts, get their chains and shit like that. So I know that's one of the reasons why Canal Street was mentioned. Yeah, um, speak for yourself. I can actually afford them stuff on, uh, can, uh, on, in, in, on the West Side now. Um, we're going to take Canal Street off of the stand and we are going to put- fine, Wait, can, can we put that in the promo? Can we make sure we put Julius bragging about his financial status in the promo? No, 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 no. Corporate anyway. Julius different. No, that was a lie. That was a lie. Anyway, fine wine featuring. Oh, it's easy to budget when you budget that big, huh? Yeah, you know what I mean? Anyway, fine wine featuring Future Joe Fox and MIA produced by S-I-K and T-H-C. How do we feel? Um, this, uh, so... When I first, when I when I did the album review when I wrote it I remember like uh I actually thought he was like making a metaphor for like getting better with age but then I found out that it was kind of like basically he was using the metaphor that fine wine is like lean and obviously you know I'm not very familiar with drugs I did not uh, know that so it was it was about like lean and like how 
it feels so good in the moment, but then afterward, like the come down really sucks. And then they flipped it to talk about, also talk about broken relationships. And MIA had just went through a breakup and as well as future. So them doing that kind of like made it like this whole kind of like thing. But I was like, I was so mad because I just knew because I'm a wine guy. <laughs> I was like, oh, my nigga Rocky getting in the wine tasting. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this was uh, exactly what Torian said. It made sense. Um, I've never paid, you know, I've dabbled in my share of things. So I understood that uh, right off the rip. Um, I was excited as fuck because it was like Tony said, we got Future coming off of a breakup. We know how Future gets down musically when, uh, post a breakup. Um, I think also we were excited to hear Future with Rocky at this time, being that Yams is really, I feel like Yams is really responsible for New York accepting Future the way we do um, because, because of the, you know, Eastside Stevie um blog that he used to do putting out music i feel like a lot of our era now we only accept in new york as much as we do because yams really like was out here putting us onto that shit very early on um also this was the first time we had heard from mia since what swagger like us a minute it was a, it was a while yeah you know i think this is the first time we heard of her post-pregnancy um and I love anything MIA is on and the way her voice and the, t- the, the textures of how her voice goes from like her little chanting point to the way future comes in and the drums start coming in heavy. It's just fucking great on this song. You were the one that was putting up with me. You see how this used to corrupt me. It was like, what is going on? Future? You are, you are hurt, hurt. But, uh, oh yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. it was- I love it. Yeah, this was uh this is a okay song to me. I'm not gonna skip. I wouldn't skip it though. I would just let it rock because I love I love uh, Future's verse. So can we talk this this saying that even though I broke your heart, how could you turn on me? <laughs> makes a good Very point. Very toxic. Love, makes love a good the toxicity. Point. How could she turn on him? I love the toxicity. <laughs> okay, we are she going. We are going to take fine wine off of the stand and we are going to put LSD on the stand Come produced on. by Jim Jonesen, FNZ, Delgado, and ASAP Rocky himself. Torian, you want to say something? So number one, I remember this very vividly because uh, Little B dropped the video on Twitter for us. And this was, and it was funny because you remember at this time, like Little B followed everyone on Twitter. That was like a yeah. big thing. And yeah. every time, and, and like girls would respond and say, thank you, bass God. So he, he as promo, he got Little B to <laughs> drop the video and then he responded, thank you, bass God in all caps. So that was really dope, right? The video was really trippy. Um, Rocky Cole, Cole um, directed it. I forgot the other director's name. Um, Wasn't it Jim Johnson? Uh, I thought it was Jim Jones and I'm sorry. No. Jones in? Yeah, Jim Jones in, I think is, yeah. Okay. Yes, it was produced by him. No, not produced. I said the video. I'm talking about the video. Oh yeah, the video was amazing. Oh my yeah. god! Now that's what I'm saying. Like the like who like uh, so it was Dexter Navy who 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 directed the video with with Rocky. So I, well, I'm I'm talking about the video now because like you can listen to the song and it's a really good song, right? But then you listen, to, then you watch the video, and I guess Rocky is describing what a trip is like being on LSD because at this time everybody was kind of like because everybody expected Rocky to basically go on a stop, stop taking drugs campaign. 
because his best friend had died from an accidental overdose. And Rocky doubled down and was like, nah, I just do this shit in moderation. I need drugs. And basically made this song as an ode to it. And a lot of people thought that, like, was expecting him to, you know, use it typically when this happens, you know, when, when, someone, when you lose someone because of a reason, cancer, it's fuck cancer. You, now it's COVID, right? You know, everybody's like, get the vaccine because my relative died from COVID. I'm one of those people. Rocky was like, nah, man, drugs are fucking awesome. My man's just, you know, he just didn't have people around him. Like he should, he would have been, I ain't gonna make that same mistake, like in a sense. And he's just like, yo, like I, I gotta expand my mind. Like I gotta do these things. And then also the song is about women. So Rocky is three things that he loves. That's fashion, love. women, and drugs. Yep, love, sex, drugs. Yeah. So, you know, and yeah, and that's also a flip on it. LSD for the drug, love, sex, drugs, you know, also. But that acronym, I mean. Yeah. Um, nah, this is an amazing song. I love I love the melody on the song. Um, he actually performed this. MTV Awards? No, I, I'm trying to remember. He he performed it at Coachella with uh Tame and Power. They let him perform one song. He just came on the stage and was chilling with them. And then he performed well. I'm saying when I got to see it live. I'm not saying like oh. I remember the other times when he performed it, but actually, yeah, I feel like there was one famous performance he did for this too besides that 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 was probably, on tv probably was the um, awards or something like that but uh yeah. Coachella was pretty dope but we didn't know he was coming out yo i can't oh i can't listen to this song without uh looking at the video i i need to look at the video if i'm listening to the song that video was amazing i think it should have uh you know been recognized more and appreciated more when it dropped not only that, but it's a, uh, it's a, uh, like an interlude. It's another song in the middle of the song, excuse me. And that is, I, I believe like, um, you know, that influenced me uh, to, uh, that influenced my style at that time when I was shooting music videos, that definitely influenced my style. So I really, really credit uh, uh, Rocky's vision for that. So this song was like beautiful as well. Um, I think this song is very important where, where it comes um, in the album, especially after Fine Wine. Um, I think there's a, because it's also another drug reference, this is a very different drug than Lean is, LSD. Um, even going to the fact that they're in the middle of the song and they switch different songs. A big thing when you're on hallucinogenics, um, such as shrooms or LSD, is you have a hard time continuing or finishing thoughts. Okay. And a lot of times you switch subjects while having a conversation with somebody or you'll be talking about something and your mind is going at a hundred, you know, hundred times faster than it normally is. So I always took that transition as him expressing, oh, this is a dip in, the, in my trip, but then I'm getting right back to it. Cause a lot of time that's how drugs hit you in waves. Uh, when it comes to hallucinogenics. So that was also a very big thing. And, it, and the way it contrasts sonically from fine wine into this sonically sounds like those two drugs feel, if that makes any sense. And, and I feel like it was this point where it's like a, a, a super, super like roller coaster. A pickup, yes. Exactly. Like this is like, and it's rare for an album to have that. Yeah. Like, you, you know, like it's like from here on, it's it's like super super high. I don't know where 
for y'all, I don't know where it like, you know, drops and, and dips, but like from here on, right, for me, it's like really like mm-hmm. a super straight shot. I agree whole, wholeheartedly. Like I, I really feel like the first two songs make their statement, you know, especially with, like I always mm-hmm. took Canales as, like I said, them biting off, then going into like he's addressing this other drug that just took the life of his best friend, but then also showing he's growing, learning and living. And even though that happened, he still has like love and stuff and, and happiness in him. Cause LSD sounds like mm-hmm. a more happy, happier song, a more at peace song. And I feel like that's where the transition and then it really kicks off the album. Julius, let's get into Rob. It. You said what? Let's get into excuse me. The so we are going to take LSD. What? Yeah, take LSD off the stage. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'm so, you kept interrupting me. I was like, what, what? Sorry. Let's take LSD off the stand. Let's put Excuse Me on the stand, produced by Delgado, ASAP Rocky, Vulcan, The Crusader, Jim Jonesen, and FNZ. How do we feel? Rob, I need to know how you feel. Take yourself off mute. I love this song. This is one of my favorite songs on on the album, um, I guess, I guess because in twenty in twenty fifteen, I could relate to my spending habit of like, excuse me, Mister Collector, I got problems. If I check on Rob Magnana, I'ma pay my debt. I promise. I feel like like I spent twenty thousand dollars with my partners in Bahamas, another twenty thousand dollars on Rick Owens up in Barney. He, like it's just like of course I've never spent twenty thousand. I have spent twenty thousand, but irresponsible. But what I mean is like I feel like it's just this feeling like like Rocky is one of those those rappers that just like he's a hood kid that made it. And you love that feeling because he's living out all of his dreams, everything that he wants to do. And in moments, you can see it in pocket spaces where you can see that little kid that thought he was going to be the man wind up being the man. And excuse me, does that for me. Like, I love this song. Yo, quick quick question. Have you guys, before before they got on, had you guys ever been to like the 40 ounce bounce or the parties they throw in uh, Riverbank Park over there? Uh, not, the, not that area, but I have been to a couple of 40-ounce bounces. All right. So yeah. I just remember, like, I want to say 2007, 2008, right before we started seeing these ASAP stickers all over New York. Um, shout out to my boy, A Butter. He listens to the show. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet Rocky back then because he went to middle school with my boy, A Butter, and they were freestyling all the time together. Um, at one point, a freestyle cipher breaks out at this 40 ounce party. When I tell you Rocky floating, like the second Rocky starts spe- speaking, and the thing is, he doesn't look like your typical dude who's going to jump in a cipher and body it. So when he does, you just see the star power off him from the jump. You saw there was something different about Rocky, not necessarily that he was the nicest lyrically, but there was an energy he had that just attracted everybody to look at him and, and hear what he was saying and listen to what he was doing. And I feel like this song is exactly the embodiment of that feeling I got the first time I saw him freestyle. 
of just right. excuse me who them dudes we them dudes like like i'm sorry it's i may not be able to pay my bills but don't touch my twenty thousand. Don't don't touch my my garments. Like watch watch how you address me, sir. I don't give a fuck who you are. And that was the energy of just nah. I'm that flyness, and it's very Harlem, and it's it's something I've just always loved. And as soon as I heard this, I was like, yeah, that's the exact energy I saw that day. She got an apple bomb that remind me of Anita, bro. I was talking cute. Oh, you need like my new bitch. Perfect walk in the room music. Oh like God. if you want to stunt, amazing. If you oh, want to stunt by walking in the door, play this. Like, tell the DJ to play this Incredible and walk in song. at the 10 second mark. Sample the sample comes from um from Vizzer Vakum Wakum Lum in 2011. But uh incredible, incredible intro. I mean incredible, incredible just like floated, floated. Torian, what are your thoughts on this one? Okay, now nah, let's let's go into um James Dean next. So we are going to take excuse me off of the stand. We are going to put JD on the stand, produced by Pluto or Pluto yeah. Nash. I'm gonna run through Pluto Nash. So, so Pluto Nash. This this song is really dope to me because um it is. It it's is. about it's about a film icon. It's it's a it's an ode to James Dean. Yep. Um, if you're familiar with anything about James Dean, he was pretty much, he's the male version of Marilyn Monroe, whereas he was basically the face of Teenage Rebellion um, after the, what is that after the Baby Boomers? I think so. Like, yeah. I think it might have been. Yeah. So basically, you know, smoking cigarettes, wearing your Levi's, having a leather jacket, having the beautiful hair. He died. Level without a cause. Yeah, like that he died young, him, Marlon Brando, there was, you know, there was a group of them. So, you know, talking about James Dean, like he's the male Marilyn Monroe in my eyes, as far as an icon culturally. Like, you know, he it, it just like so like Rocky is this is his ode to him. And, you know, I, I just think it's also cool because you know how much I love history and things from the past. Um, you know, Rocky actually, you know, having the knowledge and knowing this and then actually, you know, making an ode to the Making the old to a guy, but putting his own flip on it was pretty dope. Love the music video. Again, great visuals. Like, wow, the like the creativity in these visuals are amazing. For it to go from live to animation to like like a, a, a two, three seconds back to live and then back to animation and then having some drawings in the background, it's phenomenal. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing to see how creative he is. Also, let's get into ASAP Ferg, Ferg's All right! <laughs> so, it's, it, it takes the track a much better height to me. Like, incredible. Can't, like, I, I'm so thankful for uh, uh, um, them, uh, for whatever, whatever happened in the studio, I'm just thankful for Ferg being there because that him in the background just makes this track so cool and just so uh, so um, I, I love it i love it at the time it gave a very very modern um chef and raekwon i mean uh chef and ghostface feeling with how like they feature each other and that's that's always the feeling i've gotten at it from the All two right. of them out All of right. uh out of the mob is just they they have that dynamic um, they're the two star powers, you know, they're not necessarily the most lyrical or the best rappers on their team, but together they're the stars, you know, like, like, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 
and that's and that's really it um i also love that that a lot of this album to me is him uh for giving flowers to people that he uh he took inspiration from you know my name you know who you know in, in rap ever made a song or really referenced james dean in a way that like like they made a whole song about it not me and and it's a continuation of what uh julia said it's a constant upgoing in the feeling and energy of the album even when it transitions to the next track which is are you ready my this is my tell james you play this anytime i walk through the door at a party let's put jd off of the stand and, and 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 let's put lord Pretty Flacco Jody 2 on the stand, produced by uh, Mario Loving and Nesbitt Wasanga. Wasanga, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Danny, I, I know you want to say something. This song, don't get too close to me if this song comes on in the club, because I don't care how old I am. I'm going hamong to this shit. Like, so, somebody is likely to catch an elbow. I'm I'm talking to somebody's girl in a way I shouldn't be. That song is just my nah. Let's act up and Blanco. act ignorant for the Jordy. sake of being ignorant. Blanco. Fuck Jordy. everybody else around me. Blanco. So Jordy. I'm gonna give my quick like rapper story on this. I I had heard the song for years. Fast forward to 2017. I'm in 2018. I'm in the public hotel in Manhattan for. Jermaine Dupri's ba uh, Bally Shoe collab premiere. I'm with Jermaine Dupri, a couple other people, and Jermaine Dupri's uh, girlfriend at the time, or whoever she was. And you ask him why he ignores us? All right. Um, so JD okay. says, "Yo, stand here, stay with, stay with, stay with her. I'm gonna go say what's up to Swiss and everybody on stage." So I said, "All right, cool." I piece up Ferg, I piece up Rocky. Rocky looks at me and is like, yo, is she with you? And I'm like, nah, she's not with me. So, so Rocky pulls over, he's like, yo, what's up with you? Like, what's up? Like, who are you? And she speaks little to no English. She's like, well, I got the Nico, no, 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 no. And he's like, Watch nah, it. like who? <laughs> and she's like, yo, who you with? So she points to Jermaine Dupree. And this nigga looks with a spank. And this is when I knew, like, ASAP Rocky is probably the prettiest nigga I've ever seen in my life. He, he, he literally, the sunlight, the sun hits him. His, he smiles, shows his teeth, and says, I know who you came with. I'm asking who you're leaving with. <laughs> and she said, and she says, no, 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 no. So he says, you know what? You look undecided. I'll be right back. Nigga walks on stage. Who the jiggy nigga with the gold links? I was like, wow. <laughs> like in that moment, that was the flyest shit I had ever seen. Like on some rapper shit. Like, you don't know who I am, but I'm really the flyest nigga in here. That's pretty cool. That's a cool story, Rob. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm super, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Or some Superman kinda... shit. Yeah. Nah, or some Superman shit. Like, you know how like what? Superman would be like, yo, I'm gonna go fly out the window now. Like awesome, like Lois just looking, like he really just did that. And nah, she was nah, just in nah. awe. No, 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 no. That's like <laughs> Superman trying to highlight a chick and she's and he says, I see you undecided. 
and then he goes out <laughs> to shit out of Lex Luthor. And after he saves the city of Metropolis, comes back and was like, hey, what are your thoughts now? Yo, I just look, and she's looking at me like, you knew who this was? And I'm like, well, bitch, you didn't know who it was. <laughs> what am I supposed to do to you? Yeah. Funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But shit was so fire. I think Rob's story pretty much culminates how how amazing this song is. So Julius, yep. what's next? We are going to put Pretty Flacco 2 off of the stand. And we are going to put, I think, my favorite track on the stand, Electric Body featuring Schoolboy Q, produced by Delgado, Danger Mouse, uh, Teddy Walton, and THC. No. I love when these two work together. Yo, hands on the hands on the wheel, California. That's one brand new guy. Two, the pussy money weed. Three, like, I, I, you wanna know what's crazy? If if they were rappers in the '90s, they absolutely probably would be the would, would have come up with a, a joint album like on some Method Man, Red Man shit, because they're from two different crews, right? But they work so well together, and Mac Miller would have produced it. I know for a fact that's what would have happened. You took that album. I was literally about to say that. I was like, they were like, you know who would have produced it. Yeah, they were they were thick as thieves. Like, you know, like they all they have like a little click or whatever like that. And like they were all very cool. And and like Danny Brown was in that crew too. They have like a little like rat pack of rappers that's like all like really tight and close-knit. And I think it was Mac Miller, Danny Brown, Schoolboy Q, Mac. Um, I said Mac Miller already, right? Oh Rocky. Mac, Rocky. And I think uh I think Bronson. Bronson's in there somewhere. Bronson and uh 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 damn, why am I forgetting my man's name right now? Um, um Smoke Dizza as well. Yeah. Ah. yeah, and it's like it's like a crew of them, and it's like you wouldn't is it because like the levels are, are like um so like you know some of the more famous than others or whatever like that, but it's like they all are kind of from like the same class, like they all like are like really good friends. So, you know, I, I really think that. But though, but Schoolboy and, and Rocky have like a really good chemistry. Like I think that I'd argue that their chemistry is better than Rocky and Tyler's chemistry um, musically together. But um, that's just me though. Hands on the wheel is fucking amazing. Yo, oh my god, my camera turned off. It's just like a little for free. Electric body is so, like I can't not dance when I hear this. Like and Schoolboy's Q's verse is just so flawless. The way he. Moses is so beautiful. And then the last part. I love both. I love every part of the song except the chorus. Something about the chorus just. What? I don't know. Something about the chorus I don't like. Do you feel like something else could have been in there or something's missing? I feel like something, anything else could have been there. It just like, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't, the chorus doesn't do it for me. Every part okay, of the song is amazing, except the chorus. I understand, I, I understand, I understand. I, it, it could have been something added there. I, I it's just, I, it's lazy. The chorus is lazy. Like, that's exactly what it is. There's no other word for it. It's, it's just I, lazy. I, I think it works, but you know what? This is why we have the podcast. So, we are going to go from Electric Body to Jukebox Joint, featuring right. Joe Fox and Kanye West. Produced by Shay Shay, Hope, and Kanye West. How do we feel? Uh, quick question. You guys already addressed the whole Joe Fox thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh 
I think that this is dope because Kanye, you know, he's like, he's pretty much like the godfather to a lot of these rappers that came out, right? So him getting on the song with Rocky was like inevitable. And especially because uh, Kanye uh, takes a lot of heat. There's certain people that Kanye, like he'll, he'll shut the fuck up for and like take, take advice from or take input from. Um, I, Rocky is one of them and ASAP Bari is, is one of them as well. And um, it's, it's very interesting to me how that their dynamic is like Kanye will literally ask Rocky to come listen to his project like even though like he like we, we know like he's not very much liked and I'm not trying to like actually go on a Kanye campaign but I just want to say like how he really really is about listen to the kids <laughs> and the input like he'll ask Rocky to come listen to his project and tell him like yo do you think this is dope even though like well, I hope he don't Rocky, yell at him like chance well, I don't think he really respects Chance. I think he knows. I think. I think once Kanye realized, like, oh shit, like you ain't, you ain't it, nigga. Like, you, because look, Chance can't. He can't buy. He can't buy a fucking hit right now. He can't. He's not relevant. And he's Rocky, tried. Right. Rocky will always be relevant. And I think you correct. I think. I think Kanye is a like Rocky. Don't have to put out another album ever again. Yep. Rocky will always be relevant in pop culture. So I think Kanye knows that. And one thing Kanye always wants to do is sell coolness. So I think um, him being on this song with Rocky was dope. I wish that they will work together more. Um, and I'm pretty sure they have a bunch of songs together we've never heard that are probably cool. So I, I always really indulge and enjoy this track when I hear it. Um, This again, visuals, it, match, it matches the song like, damn man, I want, I need, I need a Rocky to like, Either uh, or start creating short films or films or, or, or like whatever. Like, I he's need a great him. actor too. He, yeah, he, uh, yeah. I'm okay. I can't judge him because I haven't really seen him his acting like like I wanted to. So, Monster, it's a it's a uh, a film called Monster coming out that he's in. I don't think yes. his role is that prominent, but he's in it. And they film and mind you, they filmed this like five years ago. So I'm shocked that it's just coming out now. But okay. Uh, so I just want to see the book monster from the book. Yeah, yeah. I just book. I just want to see him get bigger roles. Then I can really judge him. Right. But like, man, the creativity, the visual creativity, man, uh, super superb. I think nobody really is touching him. I think he's top five, like ev like not ever, like last decade, and in and it's just really amazing. Like when you get a, huh? He's a Tumblr kid. Tumblr kids are some of the most creative. Pretty much all the people that like were really, really doing shit on Tumblr pretty much run things in, in certain parts of the industry. Yeah. You know, anyway. I think, uh, I don't even think it's certain parts. I think all of those kids from Haram Preston to, to I mean, people, I mean, the first time I ever saw Yeezy 2s was on Ian Connor. Like, I think, like, all of those people at that time through Tumblr was really creating some of the best content that we've ever seen. If it wasn't for them, I think you wouldn't even see the micro influencership, micro influence that you see through social media now that companies are always looking for. Um, mm -hmm. I love the relationship between Rocky and Ye. I love the fact that um, when Ye did stay in New York on Houston, you would always see Rocky going to visit him. Like on Houston and Broad uh, Houston and Broadway, he would always be over there going to see Rocky. I mean, going to see Ye. Um, I saw him one time. He was walking 
uh, he was go- he was going upstairs, and I was turning the corner because I worked at Apple at the time, and this like thick Dominican joint walked past, and he looked, and I looked, and then I said, "I guess you're not into white women as much as they think you are," and he laughed <laughs> and went into the building. <laughs> so, I think um, I think when Kanye says listen to the kids a lot, I think that um, the yes, sometimes he steals from them. But I think he also keeps them around for inspiration. It's not stealing. He doesn't steal. Uh, borrow. He doesn't do a jaded. Kanye does not steal. Kanye well, does not steal. He well, gives what I credit. Mean, what I mean by that is like, I think sometimes like with most planets, like it can take a lot of consumption where the perception is not necessarily the reality. But to this point, I think that the Baris, the, the Rockies, they still, they're like, yes, they're still classy. They're classy, but they still have a little bit of edginess and hood to them. Even Rihanna. Like, I think Rihanna gives her that energy too. Like, you can find Rihanna on at Coachella, or you can find her at Governor's Ball smoking weed in the backstage. Or someone like, I think Kanye has a lot of inspiration from somebody like Little Uzi Vert, who you can find at Coachella or you can find on Tel Aviv in the Bronx playing basketball. <laughs> so I think the range of like what they keep around each other and those groups really do work well. I think this song is one of, one of those examples. Rocky has the uh, confidence and charisma that Tupac had in the 90s where yes. he can go into any room and be himself and be charismatic and be able to fit in and uh, also... Um, be styled for whatever the event is or make the or whatever style he's wearing still make make be comfortable in his own skin and that's something like you know we were kids when Tupac was running around in the 90s but we look at old pictures and we see him with Madonna we see Donatella Versace like hugging and kissing on him telling him he was the most gorgeous man she's ever seen and then like we see Rocky you know integrating with all these different genres of music and fashion and we, we understand that, okay, these two have that in common. Like, I know that much. And I, and that's, like, basically what, what Rob was just describing. And I, I Rocky, Rocky going to be, like, I'm telling you, Rocky don't have to put out another record forever. But like, he's good being Mrs. Rihanna. He's cemented. And Mr. Rihanna. Yeah, he's, he's cemented in pop culture. Like, he just, he don't have to do shit anymore. Yeah. So let's take off jukebox joints, or, or let's take that off the stand, and let's put Max B on the stand, uh, featuring Joe Fox, produced by Delgado and ASAP Rocky. Read a wave. Read a wave. This is a head bopper for me, though. This is a nice, you know, this is like a light head bopper. I fuck with this a lot. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's jiggy. It's jiggy, of course. Yes, very jiggy. I love this beat so much and it's just from the aspect i really wish other people jumped on it because there's so many pockets for flows on this beat and um i really really love the transitions that rocky has in energy the way he's like fuck that this is the kind of song that should make thugs cry like and how he's able to jump in and out in moments throughout the song of rapping to just now let me do some dope shit to let it just cut off Okay. Get that little channel changing shit. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you old boy I brought from London, and then jump right back into it. Like I, I really love this song. I do. Okay. Um, the sample comes from "Take Me to Mardi Gras" by Bob James. 
um, and baby, I wonder by Max B. So mm -hmm. I, I really do like this song a lot. I, I love that. Um, like I, as much as people give criticism to the to the younger rappers, well, not at I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Rocky because Rocky at this point is a veteran in his own right. Um, but back at this time, those particular rappers always paid homage to the older rappers that influenced them. So like the Rockies, the Q schoolboys, the, the Action Bronsons, all of them always had hints of older artists that pointed reference, even with Khalifa. So I like that, you know, this song plays homage to, to Max B a lot. Okay, let's, anybody else? Nope. Okay, let's take Max B off the stand and let's put Farside on the stand. Featuring Joe Fox, somebody's getting paid some uh, some money. Uh, produced by Danger Mouse. Off the bat, this is Lena Del Rey sex tape music. <laughs> um, Rocky, Rocky, I'm telling you, yo, like, I, I, this is another thing. I really was, I like, I know a lot of people had their thoughts on his third album testing, and some people said like he was just really like pushing the envelope. But I think that he pushed the envelope too far. Like this is, to, for me, Rocky's best project. Me on Felix mm -hmm. go back and talk about this. Really, Felix, Felix loves his first mixtape, and his yeah, Felix thinks his Rocky's first mixtape is his best project to date. Long live ASAP. Yeah, well, I think that Allah is, but Felix is very, very much a New Yorker. So like okay. he holds New York things very, very highly. Okay. But for me, Allah just really it just it, yo, it just sounds good. Like I can I can play, I'm confident that I can play Allah with my girl. We can just vibe out and like I'll smoke my cigar, she'll smoke her bud, and we just chill in a little But that's good. That's a that's a healthy debate though, because like that's no nobody's wrong there. Yeah. I feel everybody from Harlem, we prefer this album. <laughs> I feel really? like I, I feel like everybody I personally know from Harlem, me included, prefer this album to the rest of Rocky's work. I feel this is the most developed he sounds. Yeah. This is the most thought out uh, he sounds. This it has a clear direction he's going in from the start of the album to the end of the album. Uh, the energy is consistently there. I, I, I really think it's hands down the Very best, his best foot forward Very, right, as far as work. It's kind of like an obvious answer. It's a, it's a musical preference, but when I say that, I mean like for me and Danny, we're very like lyric driven and um, mm -hmm. instrument like we like instrumentation um, on projects. Whereas the first um, mixtape, it was very like Houston influence, um, mm -hmm. kind of more um, you know of that trill, chopped mm -hmm. crude sound, but it was so New York at the same time, and it's fucking weird to try to uh fully make you understand what that means right i so got it I out. wait go ahead what you just said made me realize what it is yeah that first project yeah sounds like the les and soho yeah this yeah this sounds like yeah. a grown man that sounds like les and soho when you're young first turn 20 21 yeah, yeah, this sounds there. like a grown-up yeah exactly Has lived life yeah and enjoyed life exactly so um I think like that's how like you can like tell the differences because like Julia said, nobody's technically wrong because they're two two amazing projects. It's just that for me, Allah is so sophisticated and so refined. Um, it just really does it for me. And the sounds are 
fucking great, man. And what Rocky's talking about is fucking great because um, you could tell that like Rocky was probably like Googling a bunch of stuff and learning about a lot of things, but then actually getting to wear the expensive clothes that he wanted and not scam to get it and just buy it or being able to fucking have some of the most gorgeous women he's, that you, that any of us have ever laid eyes on um, makes a huge difference uh, for experience and for your fucking confidence. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, if nobody else has something to say, we are going to put far side off of the stand. We are going to put Wavy Bone on the stand featuring Juicy J and UKG. Produced Get by- money is. <laughs> produced what by I do. Juicy J and Delgado. This was a, uh, this was a special Get press fight. This was a very, this was a very important song to get done because this was like a special request by Yams. Rocky said that when him and Yams would be creating um, projects together that Yams would have a wish list of artists that he wants Rocky to work with. And that was the beauty of Yams dynamic. And I guess why some people might say ASAP Mob hasn't been the same since his passing because he was kind of the architect of finding new talent and mixing it with the old. So he would, you know, and in doing that, he would be like, yo, I always love UGK or I always love 3-6 Mafia. And being able to reach out to those artists, right? Vibe with them and talk to them and be so impressed by Yams. And then Yams be like, yo, this is my crew. This is what we doing. And basically be able to work with them and earn their respect. And he, he wasn't even 30 years old yet is impressive. And like Yams had like next to like no... He wasn't a, a a a music business guy, like you know what I'm saying. He was a kid with an opinion. They got a job interning for Dipset, and he was able to make such a mark that and make so many relationships and capitalize on it. It was impressive, mind you. Like Jim, Jones, like you know, like Jim, like Jim, him and Jim had a relationship, and like he was putting Jim on the shit, and Jim just couldn't. Jim, you know, Jim Jones has his own thoughts. Jim's like, what you talking about? Me and my crew, we the flyest niggas, and Yams is like, nah. Me and my crew is, and I'm like, you know, it's just like different, different age brackets. But like, he would, they were so influenced by Dipset that they became just as cocky and arrogant as the Dipset crew with their style and everything like that. And they pretty much did the same thing as just like two, version 2.0. Yeah, I think the, I think what they when you looked in the body about it, I think they they kept that pocket sound and really expanded on. It. Yeah, they like they really um, bridged it. I think the only thing that frustrates me about ASAP Mob is the same things that frustrate me as a Dipset fan. <laughs> like everything that frustrated me as a kid about the Diplomats is the same thing that I felt like frustrates the kids about ASAP Mob. And what is that? It's the, the lack of consistency, the lack of music. Um, the the hype man has become the most talented. I was person just a- <laughs> Hype man. Well, let's not do that. Ferg was never a hype man. Let's stop that. Well, Ferg was never a hype man. The number two man. The number two. The number two is now is now the headliner. Like although Rocky. Ferg would never. Ferg would. But this is the thing. But no Ferg would never what, admit it though. No, no, it's not about Ferg admit never admitting it. I get like Ferg has been making the better projects. If you go to a festival, Ferg's name would never be bigger than ASAP Rocky's name. Of course not. Ferg would have to sell a diamond album. 
But Jim, I mean, Cam wouldn't, Jim wouldn't be higher on the list than Jim. They can't. Yeah, exactly. But that's just that's just I just wanted to be clear about that. Absolutely. I feel and it's and the sad part is is that um in the midst of, of ASAP Mob, I think 12B is an amazing rapper. I think Naz is really, really dope. Um, and it's just a shame that like they all kind of got really got their stardom super fast and just lived it. So you didn't see like the worth ethic from a label of them carrying the tapes. Even when I listen to Cozy Tapes, like I love Cozy Tape 1. I hate Cozy Tapes 2. Um, just because Cozy Tapes 2 just sounds like a whole bunch of Playboy Cardi and like all the other like Ace, Little Lucy Verts and all of that shit. And I really didn't love it. But, all the dudes um, who weren't quite there for ASAP. Exactly. Yeah. But... You know, I, I, no, nevertheless, I think Wavy Bone is a great song. I love the UK. Bruh. I love that the, that um, uh, Pimp C is so, so highly elevated in hip hop for someone who most people wouldn't know his music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the craziest thing about this song is the sample, because the sample comes from "Could I Be Could It Could It Be I'm Falling in Love" <laughs> by Sly Johnson. Yeah, and that's a I great sample. The way that sample is used, you would never know that was in the song. Bro, UGK's presence on this song is really beautiful to me. And I literally, I, every time like I, I hear this song and I hear Pimp, C, um, Pimp C's verse, I just go back and listen to like some, I have to go back and listen to um some uh, UGK music. Nah, Young Sweet Jones was definitely the man. Um, I think this, I've been saying this for a while. I think, uh, I think the problem why Rocky hasn't been able to put something out is obviously, you know, Yams was the creative director kind of directed, kind of gave them a lot of um, direction to go in while Rocky was still creating the music. I feel like he doesn't have somebody be like, yo, I'd love to see you do this. I'd love to see you do that. Like kind of help him develop it. I think this song and when we've seen them together other times, I think Juicy J is the perfect person to executive produce a Rocky album. Yep. And yep. I think Juicy J could really bring out, cause Juicy J, when you hear me, he really is good at being able to create beats where people who don't rapidly rap, you could say, yep, can get in and really execute while at the same time creating beats that real rapping ass rappers can go off. Um, as we've seen, especially with his last project, Juicy J's last project, we've really seen that. Um, I just would really, really love that if Rocky were able to uh, just fall back, understand that he needs to let somebody kind of set the course and let him drive, if that makes sense. And I need a new ASAP Rocky album about him running around the world with Rihanna and <laughs> just, like, just doing dope shit. Like, I want to hear him give me a dope I feel like he was going to give us the best Rihanna bar we've ever heard. <laughs> like, I know Drake has said, you know, like, you know, Robin likes going here and that's cool. <laughs> but I feel like Rocky's going to say, like, running around the world with Robin. So it's going to be some shit that we just like, all right. You know what would be even cooler? If he did it. 
So we are going to put Wavy Bone off the stand and we are going to put West Side Highway on the stand featuring James Fauntleroy, produced by Danger Mouse. Travis Scott has a production credit on this as well, which I think um, debunked the whole thing that, that Rocky and Travis Scott hated each other because people used to mix them up all the time, right? Also, I wanted to talk about this. Um, is the song is is essentially talking about like uh you know fame and that's like a huge thing for rocky and a narrative throughout this album right but what one thing that like i don't think people realize is um the difference between the east side of harlem and the west side of harlem so the west side of harlem is more glamorous gets more attention um the more pop more more of the more of the notable famous people come from the west side of harlem right broadway east is east side is known as as the grimy part uh so Typically, when I was when I when I moved back to New York from Atlanta after college, uh, when I would drive, I used to always want to drive on the West Side Highway because it just feels better. Um, the view is better. Um, the drive just feels different. It, it, it's more lanes, <laughs> or whatever like that. So I felt that like the naming of this song was kind of like perfect because uh, there is a, a glamorous side to Harlem, believe it or not. Like you know, uh, so when you're that. When you're coming up that West Side Highway, it's just the kind of feeling that it gives you. So while listening to this song, that's what I what I took from it when I listened to the lyrics. Like, obviously, he didn't make any references to driving, but when you're on a particular side of the highway, um, or, or, or the West Side or the East Side, it makes a difference. Yeah, I'm going to take that um that East Side Highway. Uh, it's just way yeah. better. Or drive? Yeah, I mean, it gets you to my house faster from the Brooklyn Bridge. It does. So for me... Everything Torian said is 100,000% true. To add to it, though, New York rap has a history about rapping about the West Side Highway mm -hmm. and driving up and down the West Side Highway. Um, I grew up where, I, you know, New Yorkers, I'm a, I only learned to drive in the last year. So it's a complete different thing. But, like, it used to be a thing back in high school. Oh, you taking blunt rides. You're driving up and down the West Side Highway, just getting on and off. Somebody pick you up from school, you cut school for the day, and all you're doing is driving up and down the west side smoking. And that's what this song feels like. This song just feels like a vibe. And like Tony said, the west side, uh, it's less traffic. Yes. Yeah. It's a smoother ride. It, it has that dip on 96 that as a kid you used to love. <laughs> and it just fucking, it's just so dope. Like, like, like just driving or like, me personally, like if I'm really like in a good mood, a good high, a good vibe, it's a nice day out. That's when I'll be like, all right, I'm going to take a cab just because and make sure he takes the West Side Highway just because I want to enjoy this energy that's going on. And I, and like Torian said, but just that whole bringing it back to the New York City-ness and being a student and him referencing through to me throughout this whole album, all the shits that's influenced him is like that West Side ride was a part of it. West Side, the West Side Highway is equivalent to California dreaming. <laughs> when the sun hits, when the child is born, and no, 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 you feel all of that as you're driving on the West Side Highway. I just feel like that's our New York, California, like feeling moment. Because when the sun is setting and you're driving down the West Side Highway, it's just a different kind of euphoric feeling. Windows down. You in your car, it's a different kind of vibe. Or 
let's say like you left the club, you and your niggas are going to get food. You're going to get food uptown. Mm. You up on the west side highway. It's it's pitch black at night. You're doing a hundred, chilling with your niggas in the car. It's just a different vibe. Like I love that feeling. That's that that's a good New York feeling as an adult. Now I don't know how it feels when you steal cars. My man's used to steal cars. I never sold cars. I think it's a little bit more exhilarating. Bob, you account for that. Yeah. <laughs> What's the next song? Hey, yeah, thank you. Uh, we're gonna go to Better Things, uh, produced by uh, Mernick. And this has a lot of songs. Mernick. Uh, sorry, I just wanted you to no, say. No, it's okay, it's okay. I, this I, has I a lot of songwriting credits. Yeah. <laughs> because I think of, Rita Ora has a song credit in here too, right? Because, she has because, writing credit? Yeah, it, it, it's because of the samples. Um, okay. This song, I mean, you know, Rocky talking about one of his favorite things, women. is talking about different relationships. Um, that's yeah, that sure was really that. petty, but it was funny. The what? When whoever said the sure in the background, when he's like, Rita Ora got it for the sample, and somebody was like, sure, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey. Yeah, but nah, you know, it's a... Uh, like I said, I, I I just enjoy the production on this track right here. I just vibe out to it. It's okay to say you didn't like it. It's okay. This is one of the songs. This is one of this is one of the songs, and this is one of the low point. But think about it. We're up to track. Yeah. Like think about this. This is track fourteen, and this and better things is. And we the. Yeah. Bro, the high point was LSD was which was number four, right? Yeah. And then we get to like better things. It's like okay, I can I love that guy. I, I can do it with that gap. Like, this is how I know, this is how I knew when I first heard it, the album, I was like, okay, I rock it. So let's take better things oh, off of the stand and let's put M's on the stand, featuring Lil Wayne, produced by the Honorable C-Note, one of my favorite producers, yes. and Mike Dean. Yes. yes. So, son, Wayne Black's on this track right here, right? And obviously, like that's like it's kind of like it's not surprising anymore. It, it's not it Wayne Blacken on the track isn't like surprising anymore, right? But it was like remember at this time we didn't hear from because we were waiting on a Carter Five for so long. Wayne was just kind of like giving out verses to people. So like when we heard a Wayne verse, we were like we all tuned in to listen. Like oh maybe the album we didn't know what mm-hmm. was going on. at this time. Like it was before he like pretty much like let us know his grievances with Birdman, right? So hearing him and and Rocky on a track together, I was just like, cause you know, Wayne is really confident too. So I was like, shit, like this sounds amazing. This sounds great. And I, I believe that Kanye kind of helped orchestrate it. Um, and that's why Mike Dean like went in afterwards to like mix it down and do some things to it uh, and make it sound okay. open. Um, but nah, like this just, okay. Wayne, I, and it's like you know what I think I I we I have to like find another way to compliment Wayne because Wayne has never fallen off rapping, right? It's just that we sometimes we go long stretches without hearing from him, or like his projects take so long to come out that we're kind of over it. Like Wayne has stopped doing things in the moment, like when we were younger, or maybe I'm just old. I don't know. It, it might be the I, same part. No, no. I mean, I think you're right. I think a big part of it though is Wayne just doesn't care too much about making songs anymore. I kind of feel like Wayne's at a place where, yo, I wanted to prove I was the greatest rapper alive. I proved it at the time where I was. I just want to prove I could rap and keep up with rapping with anybody. I don't really care. I don't. If I don't my even songs think are that. that great. I think Wayne just 
I don't even think that. I think Wayne just wants to rap whenever he's like, he just wants to rap. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think when when you say well, I guess when I say, I guess when I say he's falling off, I want to say he's falling off from like being the number one guy because mm. we're used to Lil Wayne being number one, like in in rapping. So, um, to 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 say he's falling off, I I I I get it. And then to what uh, Torian's point was, I also understand that as well. Um, it was good to hear from Wayne at the time. Um. And he did. He, I think Rain, Wayne raps when he wants to. When he knows a particular artist is in the room, he knows where he needs to step up his bar caliber, or maybe just flex a muscle. This was one of those moments. But that's all I really so, have on the song, to be honest. So uh, let's take it from M's to Dreams interlude. We can skip. Do we that. want to talk about that. No, we can. Skip Thank it. you. Thank you. Let's go to Every Day, featuring Rod Stewart, Miguel, and Mark Ronson, produced by whew, Mark Ronson, Emil Haney, <laughs> Jeff Basker, uh, Hudson Mohawk, ASAP Rocky, Mernick, and Tom Elm Elmhurst. My goodness. Uh, I just want to say that I am picking Mark Ronson over DJ Khaled every fucking time. <laughs> well, every Cal is not a real fucking DJ. Like that's the thing that we like. You know, we like he can DJ. Like I, I mean, I think I think if you if you're a, if you're a real uh, savant when it comes to music, you kind of know that if you if you're gonna go to a party, you absolutely want to go to a Mark Ronson party versus a DJ Khaled party. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah. we we have seen DJ Khaled can spin. He knows how to work turntables very and well. He knows how to produce. And he has been able to produce and make his own beats before. So, yes, I agree. I'm going to pick Mark Ronson all the time. But Khaled, ha we have seen proof that Khaled can actually DJ. Every day! Dogs, this song, I remember playing this, right? Every I forgot where we were at. I think it was at a family party. And my dad comes out of nowhere. Is that Rod Stewart? I know that voice anyway. I'm like, what the fuck? Yo. Yeah, man. Um, and the video is amazing because basically... Rocky oh. uh, puts on uh, makeup, and he got he got some of the same makeup artists that work with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence to uh, work with him um, for this video. And pretty much, he uh, lives the lifestyle. Basically, he reenacts being Elvis or being like a washed up pop star. And I think it's really dope because you know he depicts it like how you go through stardom and your rise, and then basically at the end you're by yourself and you die alone, bro. The way, again, with these visuals, and this it wasn't even like a trippy visual. This was literally like a, 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 a it could have been a short film. The way he just puts the story backwards, uh, this is great, great, great editing right here. This goes to back to like the Christopher Nolan, um, uh, damn, I forgot what was the movie. Um, You're not talking about Inception, right? No, Inception. no, 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 no. We, we, he forgets. What, Shutter Island? No, where he forgets. No, Memento. But yes, this oh, it, it's yeah. like it's That's like a, a Memento movie. editing where he tells the story uh, backwards. Uh, backwards. It's so good because at first I'm like, wait, he's fat, he's skinny, he's fat. Like oh, I said, oh, it's a bad, beautiful, beautiful visual. Like I'm about to watch that after a, this. It wasn't even a trippy visual. It was just like a basic short film. Like it, uh, again, this could that could have been a short film in itself to uh, promote the album more, and it, like. He could have possibly like you know won some awards for that. Like 
amazing visual, amazing visual here, amazing. Might have this is this was the one of the these are one of the moments where I was like, I could see why someone of ASAP Rocky's caliber could be frustrated with music and not want to do it. Yep. Yeah. Because it was just like no one talked about this song and how prolific this song was. Yeah. How talented of of a song it written the collab the collaborative effort that it took to get Ron Stewart wow. and Miguel, bro, different. Like, elite. excuse me, elite, elite. Dog, this song was elite. so great. My my dad, my dad's. This came out what 2015. My dad's 70. My 65 at the time year old father was singing along to this song. That's how fire this song is. Yo, and, I, like and, rapping and, along and with it too. Thing. I think that's what pisses that, me off about it. Go ahead, Tony. My fault. I think something that um would have helped this album when it dropped if TRL and when it was just a park was a thing, but more so too because the visuals for this album actually enhanced the listening of the album, and it probably would have kept the album on the charts a lot longer. Yes, and I think that's yes. another reason why Rocky was turned off from it because even though Rocky is like um of the new generation. He has old generation influences. So back, you know, back in, in the day in the early 2000s and 90s, having a video was like a, a major deal. And like, you know, Rocky is pretty much like creating art. And I think it was underappreciated. Like, I feel like it was posted on on the Twitter timeline or, or on whatever social media for that day. And then the video isn't talked about anymore. And I think that this video, especially, as well as LSD, were like very, very, very like short, short stories that weren't able to connect. Obviously, you know, the album is gold and it connected with people, but I think that had those video shows still been prominent, this album at, at least two times platinum. Uh, in, in I, I'll, think also, I'll, I'll say three, I'll say three. I'll also say for the simple fact that I think that, um, that breaks into the degree of um, why it's so necessary to have shows like Rap and Order, why it's necessary to have shows that really take a critique at music and appreciate it because this song didn't get the embrace, the embrace love it should have got from hip hop, from media at the time. Everybody no, no. was so focused. So, like the song debuted at 92 on Billboard on the Hot 100. If this wasn't a hip hop song, not, that's the thing. But that's a, but see, that's what pisses me off about it, Julius, is because if you take this song and you replace ASAP Rocky out of this song and you put Eminem in this song, the song is platinum. But Eminem already has his fan base. Eminem has been out since 98. But what, but what so I mean is, you it's, a te- it's a template for Why did you say to Eminem because he's white? That's not no, crazy. I picked Eminem because, because, because if Mac Miller and Rod Stewart did this song, it would do the same thing that it did with ASAP Rock. No, but I, I, I kind of get what he's saying. I kind of feel like it's more in the Eminem wheelhouse of things to attempt with is. the particular artist that it is, that is in it, um, minus the Miguel thing. Well, I, 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 I kind of get what Rob is saying. I could see M approaching it. something like this. I don't get it because Eminem has Eminem literally Eminem has a small country of fans. Like literally, like there are people that are that are like literally stand like his fans like it's in the dictionary. Like Eminem's mm-hmm. fan base is is on on par with the Beehive. Yeah, 
But what I mean, because you you cut me off, Tori, and what I what I mean by Sorry. by that statement is a lot of songs are often template matched. So I think when the label sees this song and he presents it and said, Hey, I have a song with Miguel and Ron Stewart, I can see the label saying, Well, you know, Rod. This isn't Rod Stewart. It just doesn't fit your demographic. And I just don't feel like like where where's the where's the direction of this song gonna go? Where can we place it? I don't know, Ace Rocky, I, I don't know. And it's like they didn't put the money behind it that should have been behind it. And you can tell because that, the only nah, live performance like, I don't think so, bro. The only performance, only performance you have at the time that he did this song was on carpool karaoke with the little British White with um James Porter. That's not true. And you didn't see he performed this song on award shows. I was getting yeah. to that point. He performed it at the Grammys. All right. I mean, look, I just what I'm saying is is that I think you're I think that you're wrong about the push because this song actually got the push. ASAP Rocky's not paying for Rod Stewart to come to America to perform that at two (laughs) award shows. ASAP Rocky's not performing for I'm not paying for Rod Stewart to fly to America to film the video. Like the label paid for that. ASAP Rocky's not paying Z one hundred to get a song on the radio. Like the label did that. RCA did that. RCA Polo Grounds. So what I'm saying is, is that I think that RCA was hoping that it would pick up more. And I believe that the song did do better overseas. But I just think the fact that Rod Stewart's fan base just can't, like, they don't like rap, right? Whereas Eminem, he's more recognizable because he's crossed over. Rocky hasn't crossed over. White kids like ASAP Rocky, but he's not a cross, he's not a crossover artists like Eminem is. Not yet. Uh, that's why I'm just, that's why I'm arguing with you on it. Because mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, is that the label loved the fact that he did a song with Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart is an automatic, I'd say 100,000 listens just off the fact that it says Rod Stewart. So yeah. I just think the, I just think it was that Rod Stewart's fans just couldn't get jiggy with Rocky. And that's not a slight to Rocky. It's just that his fans are, are old white people. So, I mean, the song was the song was released, and the delay of the album, which pushed it back from May twelfth to June second. Right, yeah, I understand. What you're saying. I, yeah, that's all I'm saying. And then I also think you got to remember, like, and only reason why I'm saying this is because I did, I wrote an album review for this album. This album got a lot of promotion just off the simple fact that Yams passed away, and this was his last, the last project that that Yams put his 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 fingerprints on. So it is just the fact that like. Rocky's not going to get any more famous than he already is. And he's not, he's not particularly famous for his music. He's a celebrity. So that's, that's the reason why it didn't touch as many people. Like it's a great song and I wish that more, it did touch more people. It's just the fact that Rocky stardom is, is like, it's not going to get any bigger than what it is. He can't get any more famous. Even if him and Rihanna make a fucking duet together, it's just going to be the Rihanna song. With, with the guy with the gold teeth. Like, even though I love Rocky, and I think Rocky oh my God. is on his own right. But I yeah, Rocky. Rocky is as big as he's ever going to be. And that's not a slight. Musically. Song. He's pretty damn, no, I'm talking about period. And he's pretty damn famous. But I just, like, he just, like, his, his ceiling has been hit as far as stardom. Like, I don't think I don't so. Know. I think, I, I think, think Rocky, so. I think Rocky's going to get bigger outside of music. Me too. Me too. We'll see. He tried to drop so. a on Nobody wanted to wear that shit. 
we are going to put every day off of the stand, and we are going to put back on the stand featuring most deaf aside and ASAP Yams, God bless, produced by ASAP Rocky, and also including my guys, Thelonious Martin and D.Dot Omen. I did not know that. I would have asked them to be here if I would have checked the credits. Oh, I could have told you that. Yeah, D.Dot got a plaque for this shit and everything. So, yeah. um, uh, shout out to D.Dot. Uh, I, I won $200 yeah. off of D.Dot. He's a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I'm a Giants fan. He got in the game and he lost. Yeah. Uh, that makes me really happy that I, I won his money. Oh, wow, wow, wow. So, uh, I like back home. Yeah, so uh, do you understand how impressive it is that he got a, a verse from Jason Bay at this time? Because he sees this Bro. man, was, he, was, he was in South Africa and basically got stuck there because he moved to South Africa and only had a world passport. He didn't have an official U.S. passport. So they wouldn't allow him to come back to the United States. And it was a big deal. And like people were like, like Q-Tip, Kanye, like all of his friends were trying their hardest to get him back in the United States. And it was the hardest thing ever to do. And like- Remember he dropped something on the website. He dropped something. Kanye dropped him talking about him not being able to get out of Africa on KanyeWest.com. Yeah, and it was- very, it was a very interesting time because we kind of didn't really understand what was going on. We were like, well, he's absolutely an American citizen and he's a celebrity. But now we know like he kind of was turned off by Hollywood and kind of turned his back on Hollywood. Uh, you know, because he had like a, a thriving uh, acting career and musically like, you know, he, he most definitely, Jason Bay could drop whenever he wants. But uh, he just was over it. And I just think that uh, the powers that be were teaching him a lesson. That's just my theory on it. So the fact that we got a verse from Jason Bay on this track, another request by God rest the ASAP Yams was really fucking dope. It shows how much respect that he had as a young man. Like I, I would, uh, some people might say I'm being uh, I'm blasphemous, but I would say that he was kind of a young prodigy the same way how people talk about Puff in his 20s. Nah, you're 100% right. I think- uh, Yams, right? Yeah, yeah. Yams was definitely yeah. no, yeah. a visionary. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I went to school with Yams. I went to school with Yams in uh, City As. Yams was like a year or two ahead of everybody visually, like what he was rocking. Be- before everybody had gotten off of the Dunks wave, he was already off of it. Uh, he had a very, uh, very solo like attitude like you could just tell he he attracted attention in rooms you know but uh yams definitely saw something in a grander scale he saw the power of the internet because like i said before a lot of what we accept now we didn't accept prior to yams like he helped us to accept future he helped us to accept a lot of the artists we do now today and uh he paved the way uh, I mean, absolutely. I think Yams is a cultural icon in his own right. I think um, I think that the team does a, a fantastic job of keeping Yams Day every year. They did Yams Day through a pandemic and was extremely successful. Um, I think that from a from a fashion piece, because I'm always going to look at it from like a streetwear culture piece. There's so many pieces that Yam has made iconic. 
I mean, you that that yellow North Face Parker coat is synonymous with ASAP Like it's like that's his his coat. So I think um, you know, just just overall what he's contributed and getting Yasin Bay on the song and, and like saying that he was the original like Flacco Joe. It was a it was a lot on this song that just made it really, really incredible. And it was a hell of a um surprise. Because, you know, most of the time when an album closes out, you're not thinking that you're going to get such a prolific sam- prolific, prolific feature like that. So it came out of nowhere because when the song is ending, it's kind of like Most Def comes in running on the track. And you're like, oh shit, that's Most Def. Where the fuck did that come from? And that's the last time we heard from Most Def, just about. I know he put out an album out, but it was kind of like not rapidly rapping. It was like abstract. But this is the last time we actually heard him rapping rap. So, with that being said, what is our verdict for this album? Um, I'm gonna keep that same energy that I had when I when I dropped my album review in 2016. It's a four and a half out of five waffles for me for this project. Okay, I will, I will um go. I will go. I really love this album. I'm gonna go further and say it's a 4.5 waffles for me. Um, only because you mean you gonna go further, nigga? You agree with me? He said. Yes, we said. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. Oops, my bad. Uh, damn. <laughs> damn it! I should have went first. Um. Anyway, uh, 4.5 out of waffles. Waffles. Um. I would pass on two hour tracks. You know, and two tracks out of what 18 i think that's like 15. i think the album should have been shorter um if the album was shorter i really really think it would have been like a super perfect album um you know you just get a lot with this album you get this is definitely one of rocky's best if not if not his best it is the, it's it's his best to date by far it's his best to date it's most creative it's most innovative it's most abstract. Um, it has the, some of the best cohesion, musically, um, sonically. It works well. The sampling, the rapping, has controversy behind it. Great interlude. Um, has everything. It has all the ingredients to make a certified classic. I think that although we give it a four point five now, I wouldn't be surprised if when we do an appeal on this album, maybe three or four years later, we come to the conclusion that out of his art, out of the artists in 2016, when this, 2015, when this album came out, it's a certified classic. I wouldn't be surprised. Hi, uh, I'm agreeing with everybody. It's a 4.5. Um, it's two songs short of being a classic. And even those two songs, um, I don't skip. I just, they're not just not my favorite. Right. But this yeah. is definitely a 4.5. I'm very, very happy ASAP Rocky gave us this album. I, for the, you know, if he does come out with another project uh, soon, I really, really, truly hope he can blend his first mixtape sound and this album sound together. I think that would be, like, I think that would be his best album ever. That's just, you know, my, uh, my, my thinking. Well, I agree. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you agree with us and we hope that uh, if you have any other opinions or any insight, you can let us know in the comments. Make sure you like, share, retweet. I am Torian B. I'm Julius 
Duke. <laughs> and thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. Long Later. live Yams.